This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. If you were taking a guess as to how many workers in your company or grander scale around the United States had at some point been bullied in the office, how high or low do you think the percentage might be? Some estimates have it as high as 50%. And that, to me, is a quite a staggering number and is now more often a topic of conversation in offices as a how-to-fix type of topic. Peter Dean and Molly Shepard are partners in the Leader's Edge Lead by Design, an executive consulting firm, and they have co-authored a new book called The Bully-Proof Workplace, Essential Strategies, Tips, and Scripts for Dealing with the Office Sociopath. What we all like to deal with, the office sociopath. <laughs> Great to have Peter and Molly in the studio with us. Nice meeting you. Thank you for coming in. Thank, Thank you, Dan. You. Uh, are many people surprised how big of an issue this really is right now? I uh, Yes. To the short answer, of course, is yes. Uh, but it, it's kind of, you don't wake up one morning and say, you know, I'm going to write a book about bullying. Sure, or, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have conversations about it. It's something that... Um, when the damage starts to get affected in the individual, one recognizes it more so, I think, than not. Molly? Well, I've coached thousands of women in the senior executive space for years now, and I would say probably 80 to 85 percent of them have been bullied. And I've heard those stories. <clears throat> I've been shocked by those stories. Jeez. Uh, so it is it is prevalent, and if not epidemic. Where do you think it really is this? I mean, we've you go back to being a kid on the playground mm -hmm. and, and the conversation of bullying is one that's been there for decades. Is it something now that it, it's just has carried on in people through their younger years and now into their professional careers? And it's it's almost a trait that that I guess to a degree, unfortunately, they rely on. The, the, the factor that's different is uh, you have power over someone in the workforce. Yeah. Usually, unless you're bigger, uh, you don't have power over the smaller kids, although that's the reason why that happens on the schoolyard. You know, as, uh, as Molly said, the uh, women are bullied more than men, um, uh, but men are very much bullied as well. And 80% uh, of the bullying is done by people that have position power over other people. So what form do, is it taking place in regards to the workplace? Where, I mean, I mean, part of it, as you said, with people that have power over it, but how is it really playing out? Uh, good question. The, um, first, there's some criteria to establish whether it's bullying or not. Number one is uh, if there's a target involved, if there's one person that's repeatedly getting that negative attention from mm -hmm. a bully. Uh, whether the interaction with that target is uh, demeaning enough where the person starts to doubt themselves in their productivity at work. Uh, and uh, the, the other aspect of that is what kind of bullying is being done. In, in some cases, it's more introverted and um, you know, not seen. In some cases, it's more observable. Uh, for instance, we break bullying down into four categories. Right. Uh, the introverted kind of bully is more of a belier, uh, the person who try to manipulate the environment. And the blocker is uh, someone, again, kind of going about it in an introverted way, uh, refuses people with talent to move up in an organization. What ends up being the impact 
from the company's perspective of having this type of 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 level of import on the company i would think on a personal perspective from the employees that are involved it does but i would think there has to be a financial component to the company as well very much so so assuming somebody has been targeted he's feeling or she's feeling diminished demeaned uh, non-productive morale's down and so on it's possible that person will leave and in which case it's it's reputed that it would cost two and a half times salary to replace an individual uh, with knowledge and talent uh, while they're on the job, they can, you know, also be non-productive and if not destructive in their behavior because they're upset. And then the morale of the whole team or department or organization can be affected. So bottom line, it is a very non-profitable way of running a culture, is allowing bullies to flourish. I would think also there has to be, a, a, to a degree, a, a medical component to it as well. Sure. I mean, because of the fact that you're, you're having impact on other people, but that person who's doing the bullying as well, you know, at times probably needs to seek treatment for this as well. Right. Well, the question is whether the company steps up and and deals with the bully him, himself or herself. Right. The individual who's being bullied could very well suffer emotional distress. Right. 844 Wharton is the number if you'd like to join in. Maybe you have seen this play out in your office and you'd like to ask a question of our guests, Peter Dean and Molly Shepard. The book is The Bully Proof Workplace, 844-942-7866. Or if you're not able to get to your phone, you're more than welcome to send us a comment via Twitter and we'll pass it along and use it on the show. Uh, you can either use the show Twitter account, which is at bizradio, B-I-Z radio 111, or you can you know, use my Twitter account, which is at danloney21. You mentioned the, about the, the impact on females, uh, and we're in a – it feels like we're in a, a in a time and place right now where – more women are in the workplace. They have they're having a greater influence. Obviously, there's the gender pay gap issue, which is which is a problem as well. This obviously it, it it's almost a pullback. It it's it's bringing back women from the path that they are that they have played out over the last you know at least decade or two. Well, women have been in the workplace since World War II, actually. Yeah, so yeah. they've gained their space. They're 50% of the workforce, and they're almost 50% of management. So they're definitely queued up, ready to go, advance into the C-suite. So this is very disturbing information uh, that they may be subject to more bullying from people and maybe from their male colleagues who just don't understand, A, how a woman thinks and uh, how to deal with them uh, collaboratively. And isn't sure they're here to stay. So, uh, yeah, women women do get it. However, it's not a gender issue. Right. It's a power issue. And uh, just think of the target waking up in the morning, getting ready to go to work, and not wanting to do that because they know they're going to get bullied sure. once again. It becomes – the job becomes the lo- loneliest place in the world. How much often then does it also become a little bit of a culture issue with you know the structure of the company and – the beliefs of the C-suite, you know, does that play an element in this as well? Absolutely. Uh, when there's bullying in the workplace, it begets more bullying. Right. People see it as a way to move up, especially if their boss is like that. They emanate that once they get into uh, a, a managerial position, unfortunately. And, you know, they're removed from uh, really being recognized for that uh, because of the subtlety of some of the bullying. I think uh, if we think about bullying only as, you know, the big kid on uh, you know on the playing field yeah uh, and in fact that's kind of what started us uh, into this journey we were watching 
the program about the Miami Dolphins where um, sure. uh, yep. you know, one very large football player was bullying another very large football player and we couldn't understand why that other football player didn't know how to defend himself. And then we related that to the workplace where a lot of people are being bullied and they don't know what to do. The first reaction is go to HR, but in the book we explain that there are many things you have to do. You have to establish whether you're actually being bullied or not. We've got a checklist for that. You have to collect critical incidents, maybe five, maybe ten critical incidents right. of the situation, that the consequence of which uh, it kind of reduced your productivity because you were sick that day or um, – uh, you know, not able to perform at your best because you had the threat of a bully over your head. So because it just something you said right there of, uh, of collecting incidents because of the fact that you really need to do this, that would lead me to believe that that there's an element of this of if somebody brings forth a concern of bullying, that the company does not believe them does not believe that it actually is happening. That and can you, happen. And you need to have the proof to back it up. Well, you need to, yes, you need to have the proof. You need to have the incidents. You need to figure out who you're going to go to first. And the first question you're going to be asked is, uh, what happened? And, you know, demonstrate to, to me, if I'm HR or a boss or whomever in the organization, that this is true, that this has actually occurred. And even then it's tricky. You know, there's not necessarily a safe place to go and, and uh, vet this kind of thing. But are more and more companies thinking about this specific topic and they're laying out a plan well, they, of how to, how to really be ready for, for something like this? Well, the law firms are getting ready. Uh, we've been requested to come into a couple of law firms now to talk specifically huh. about bullying. Uh, they see it as a potential revenue stream down the road oh, wow. in terms of harassment suits. Uh, and it's, you know, when someone creates a hostile work environment, you know, that's eligible for a lawsuit. Uh, it's, it's not that it's only a half step to a bullying environment. And uh, they foresee that and have asked us to come in and advise them on that. But the companies themselves, do they understand how significant of an issue this they really may, is? They may not. And it really stems from the top, typically. The C-suite and the CEO set the culture. And if they're not aware of it, right. then it can actually proliferate, which is why we recommend in the book that the company take some steps towards developing a policy around bullying. Uh, this is new. Yeah. We haven't seen this. There are many companies, of course, that run wonderful cultures and are very observant sure. about this. But there are others who really don't know what's happening deep in the bowels of the organization. You say it's not a gender issue, but is is there an element that it's maybe even a generational issue? Is it something that, you know, you see more out, not necessarily out of millennials these days, but more the baby boomer generation, that that age of people? Uh, we don't have any evidence of that. We didn't look into it as okay. from a generational standpoint. Certainly the millennials are less tolerant of bullying and would pick up and take their skills somewhere else. Uh, the more traditionalist kind of employee might think, I need the job, I get kids in college, Sure, yeah. uh, I'm going to suffer through this uh, no matter what. And that that's a legitimate choice. There's only three things you can do, um, leave <laughs> yeah. the company or, or fight back. And, uh, you know, we provide a way of standing up for yourself within the company uh, or just uh, be quiet and keep your head down. But realize that the cost could be health, as you say, uh, as well as productivity for the company. So let's go through this a little bit. So for somebody that ends up finding themselves in a spot where they feel they are bullied, 
what what do you suggest that they need to do? I mean, you mentioned about you know making sure you have a, a documented record of of these things happening, but what what kind of tact should they play? Well, um, uh, before that, before you document it, you really have to – we have questions in the book that uh, need to be answered about whether you're actually being bullied or not because right. some people just might call it teasing or whatever. And if it's to everybody, it's not really bullied. If you feel targeted, then it's more bullying than not. Uh, and then you start uh, collecting your critical incidents and you do, you do so on the basis of the circumstances. Uh, the actual behavior that caused you to feel bullied and then the consequence of that. And after you've collected about five or ten, you have pretty significant evidence that um, you're being bullied. And that's the time to go to HR and say, look, this is what's happening to me and uh, involve HR. If you go to HR without evidence, chances are, uh, you know, they're not going to deal with it or uh, just wait and see what else happens, basically. Seemingly, a lot of times, uh, uh, more and more in the corporate structure is falling on the level of the manager. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're a manager in this situation, how, how does the manager play this? Because that's the person that's kind of stuck in the middle a lot of times. And we, we have a whole chapter that helps the manager deal with it. Uh, bottom line, the bo manager has to call it as it happens, stop it in its tracks, and know what it looks like, and make sure it doesn't occur again, and take the person who's the bully out for either either counseling or coaching or some uh, some form of intervention and help the person who's being bullied as well. But the manager needs to catch it. And uh, so it's a very big responsibility. Let's face it, this is a very complicated world we're living in. We're working 24-7. Yeah. We're all on our phones and our tablets and our, our computers day and night. The stress levels are extremely high in these organizations. So somebody who's prone to anger, prone to stress... Uh, may, you know, let loose. Uh, and if, again, they've targeted somebody because that person is irritating them for whatever reason, um, this can become pretty serious. In, in the book, we also have a checklist between management and leadership. And management's pretty set and fixed in yeah. terms of policies and procedures and timings and all that. Uh, it's in the leadership and it's in the, you know, interpersonal skills aspect of leadership that usually uh, when we deal with our clients, right. uh, men and women executives, uh, to make sure they're not bullying, we examine the interpersonal competence of the individual manager. And oftentimes that's why we've been called in to work with them. 844-942-7866, uh, authors of the book, The Bullyproof Workplace, uh, Peter Dean and Molly Shepard joining us here in the studio. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Uh, obviously, we, if, as you just said a little while ago, if law firms are seeing this as a potential revenue stream for them down the road, they understand how important this is to the corporate structure. The companies need to really think hard and long about this, about how important this problem is to the corporate structure and the impact that it has, not only fiscally, but emotionally and, and just the structure of the company. Sure. It's, it's compared to the years when we established sexual harassment laws, that this is that next uh, issue that is going to be dealt with. Um, but it's not a gender issue per se, because men very definitely are being bullied. I think there are, what, 19 states that have legislation pending? 24, actually. 24 states that have legislation pending on this. About bullying in the workplace, really? Yeah. How many states have active laws on the books already? Well, we're not there yet. Okay. We're way ahead of this in terms of getting the information out. 
So, uh, so it is interesting, though, that the states recognize this mm-hmm. and, and that they are looking to kind of jump on this issue and, and, and really kind of take this take a hold of this problem. And we hope they read the book because they need to also be able to identify what is bullying. It's not just the brute. It's not just the person who yells and screams and, and uh, has that observable behavior. It can be more nuanced. It can be somebody who's spreading rumors about somebody right. and slandering them. It can be... Uh, somebody, as Peter said, who's blocking somebody's career growth, or it's somebody who just is such a malignant narcissist that they're all they're doing is bragging about themselves and not uh, paying attention to others and their growth. Well, I, I mean, the, 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 those are and, and the understanding, I guess, uh, of seeing those as problems and not just kind of sloughing them off as ads. Eh, you know, it's just part of the office culture. Th- therein lies probably one of the biggest hurdles that we have to clear in this country to begin with. You are right. And no? the culture set, uh, you know, in our government as well as oh, yeah. our country's culture so yes we have to be very very careful well i guess you could probably write a book uh, off of what is going on in our country right now with with all of this one might say the book was somewhat timely just a touch (laughs) just a touch uh but but i would think even if you're thinking about the government as a whole whether it be state government local government these are issues that they also need to be aware of and think about how their structure is set up as well Mm -hmm. and how they're protecting their citizens and, their, and the employees and, as well. Yeah. What's the expectation then uh, of how we are as a country going to be able to address this problem and, and really be able to, to tackle it, to try and alleviate it as much as, prob- as possible going forward? Well, the television has a tendency to kind of uh, put its spotlight on the successful bully, if you will, not that a bully really is successful long term, but the one who's gotten it over on someone else. And that, you know, it kind of subtly reinforces that kind of behavior. The old Gordon geckos of the the world, right? Gordon geckos, which I, yes, that's exactly right. That's a very good analogy because it's kind of a cold and dispassionate approach to, you know, management and leadership and, uh, you know, going out and doing the best you can. So, um, you know, I think I, I think our final point was, as Molly mentioned earlier, we want to emphasize this, is that if a company has a policy statement in place that everybody's familiar with and yeah. signed off on, then an individual can stand up to bullying within the workplace. Right. Without that policy statement, they're kind of on their own. Uh, unless they follow some of the guidelines in our books. And that's a hard thing to deal with. It's great meeting you both. Thank you very much for coming in. Greatly appreciate it. The book is The Bully Proof Workplace. Peter Dean and Molly Shepard, the co-authors on the book. Uh, It is uh, available out in bookstores and online uh, right now. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.